Mmm, yes. I could hear those hypocritical moans no longer. I felt I must come or die. Now, again, Her louder, 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 vixens, I shrieked. Tease me no more. Tear up the planks. Here, here, it is there, the beating of his hideous cock. Welcome once again to Smut, if the adult fanfiction world championships blood and butts. This is a horror-themed adult fanfiction competition, and it might be cursed because we've been having a lot of tech issues, but be here for all of the shenanigans as we enjoy night three of the Adult Fan Fiction World Championships, which of course is a joint production between myself and Plus Two Comedy with Flying V. So I'm gonna invite Navi on so we can talk a little bit more about the show here. And we have a fantastic evening of adult fan fiction. You're gonna hear some filthy, filthy fan fiction with a spooky that, theme. But we're gonna to go to the pre-recorded round and we have a, a very special uh, person to join us for this one. They help run the Flying V and this very show. I'm going to bring Navi back. Navi's currently hawking in the chat, but I need I need to talk to him. We never actually got to communicate on the show yet. Navi. Hello. I'm I'm so nervous that you can't hear me right now. I'm totally I can totally hear you. I can totally hear you. Phew. <laughs> All right. Um. Did you tell them why I'm hopping back in? I have not. Navi. T just, just let us know. Let us know what's up. So hi everyone. As as you all are aware, today in blood and butts, there was also blood and butts and glitches all day. So um, we lost one of our pre-recorded entries at the last second, um, and so I volunteered at around uh, five o'clock to sit down and write something real quick so that we could have five entries worth of ample time for our live uh, audience, for our live writers to write something. Um, and this was in the pre-time before all the tech stuff went down. So I hope you don't mind. I've written something real quick that I would just like to perform. Uh, I'm a former adult fan fiction winner, not to brag or anything, but my Quentin Tarantino Kill Bill won me a lot of prestige at last year's adult fan fiction. Um, this is a quickie that I've written, but I would like to share it with you. And I, I hope you don't mind uh, teasing the chat for Noah for putting up with all of this stuff that has gone down we are handling it we are moving on and now i present to you spoiler free erotic squid game gihun was worried sangwoo who graduated top of his class at snu and oozed the confident sexuality of an snu top all work no play stared him down with those i'll do anything to win eyes he stood Erect, awake, his stare cold. Jihun shook with electric sweat. No matter what the playground game, there was no way he could compete with Sangwoo. All the rest of the contestants avoided them, hugging the walls. The guards entered the room, flanking a tall figure in a skin-tight Darth Vader catsuit. The front man, the other guards called him, with steamy reverence. Behind his back, they called him the rear man. The front man spoke. 
Congratulations on reaching the next stage of Erotic Squid Game, spoiler free. You are competing for giant wads of cash in the bubble above your heads. Enough cash, perhaps, to pay off your OnlyFans debts. Sangwoo winced, and Gihun noticed. Oh no. Was Sangwoo's love of ethically purchased porn the reason SNU top like Sangwoo was playing Erotic Squid Game? Gihun wondered if he could use this to his advantage. We will be pairing you up for the next game. The guards paired up all the players. Hyun groaned. He had been paired up with childhood friend Sangwoo. The next game you will be playing is... He held his breath. Fingers clenched like butts. Truth or dare. A silence washed over the room. Truth or dare, Gihun thought. I'm screwed. The guards led the pairs away to a dark room. The two former classmates stood, staring down each other. Magenta-draped guards surrounding them. The room had the candy-coated appearance of a college dorm party, with black lights, sticky beer-drenched floors, and loud music blaring from somewhere else in the compound. All the guards held red cups filled with sloshing, unidentified alcohol. They mingled and buzzed around them in a low-vibrating hum of meaningless conversation. So, Sangwoo said, it comes to this. Over the loudspeaker, a joyous voice announced, commencing truth or dare in five, four, good luck, Sangwoo, Gihun whispered. No response. Three, two, one. The siren blared and the guards began to sway and mumble awkwardly, shuffling around the small room like they were waiting for friends who hadn't arrived yet and checking their phones. Gihun, Sangwoo said, truth or dare? Dare. I dare you to take your shirt off. He gasped. What sort of trick was business top Sangwoo trying to pull here? He took off his shirt, revealing his dad bod, only slightly swole from years of outrunning loan sharks. He took a deep breath. Truth or dare? Dare. Gihun, a master chess player in his own right, knew what his next move would be. Take off your shirt, too. Sangwoo, stoic and successful looking, removed his shirt. What would he do next? Truth or dare? Dare, take off your pants. Gihun complied, standing there in his erotic squid game issued underwear, all black with an umbrella on it. On his turn, he repeated the same. Take off your pants. Truth or dare? Dare, take off your erotic squid game issued underwear. He did. Truth or dare? Dare, you do the same. They stood there in the middle of the simulated party, naked, staring each other down. The glow from the big money ball in the sky throbbed down on them like, like a Christmas testicle. Truth or dare? Truth. Yun saw Sung Wu's eyebrow raise cautiously. Work, he'd thrown him off guard. Tell me how I look. He gasped and stumbled backwards. What? What was Sung Wu trying to do here? Uh, that you're, uh, you're looking great. Your body's taut and well-maintained. You clearly work out, but not, like, too much in a culty way. Uh, your skin is surprisingly flawless considering we've just made it through four rounds of erotic squid game. I don't see a single candle burn, whip slash, or unidentified stain on you at all. Uh, you look good enough to lick. Like if someone made candy, you know that sugar candy that we just licked a whole bunch of, but instead of putting a shape like an umbrella or a star, you got the shape of like a really hot businessman. He stopped, out of breath, gooey with sweat. Where had that come from? He regained his composure. Truth or dare, Sungwoo. Truth. Tell me how I look. Hardly worth the $20 a month subscription. 
You wouldn't turn red hot. You know about my OnlyFans? Sangwoo is relentless. No. I'm your only subscriber, Yun. Truth or dare, he moved fast now. I couldn't keep up. This was outrageous. Dare. I I dare you to kiss me. But but I, I know what I said. Now, I dare you to kiss me. Yun leaned forward and kissed Sangwoo. Their bodies wrapped around each other like Christmas testicles. Some of the guards pointed and giggled. Somewhere else in the room, a guard was loudly complaining to the DJ to change the song. They split, and both Jihoon and Sangwoo were packing serious erections. Green light, Sangwoo said. Truth or dare? Truth. Why did you come back to the erotic squid game? You knew you could walk away, and you're clearly a successful business top now who doesn't spend their disposable income on sex workers, so why didn't you? I... I wanted to see you again. Truth or dare? Dare. I dare us to go to the bathroom and engage in some extracurricular sex stuff. That's not I dare us. They locked eyes. They kissed again. One of the guards made an awe sound through the mask. Somewhere else in the room, another guard honked. Then the two of them went to the bathroom, which had become a real hotbed of activity during the erotic squid games and they had sweet, passionate, erotic squid game sex, and then they quit the competition and walked away because in the erotic squid game, no one dies, and it's not a critique of capitalism, and there's really just a lot of sex, and it's consensual, and somehow there is something that is awarded at the end, but no one dies, and there are no spoilers. The end. Yay, no spoilers! <laughs> I, I watched that whole thing going, like, is that a reference I should try to forget when I watch Squid Game later? Uh, I tried to keep it as spoiler-free. I just, it's the, the most recent thing that I've seen that I could draw and write something in two hours. <laughs> I totally understand. Fantastic work. Tease in the chat for Navi. Uh, anyways, now that I've gotten that out of the way. Yes. <laughs> a any more corrections about the, uh, the sponsors you wanted to make before we oh. let you go? Oh, no, no. I think we got it now. SugarTheShop.com. They're amazing. Um, uh, Uberlude, thank you so much for sponsoring us mm -hmm. for the last three days' worth of stuff. It has been wonderful. Thank you, Noah. Um, and, you know, again, that raffle, it's over now, theoretically, if you still want to donate to support us so we can do this again and figure out, you know, new ways to explore uh, adult erotica, that'd be great. Let's get into the pre-recorded stuff. Yes, let's get people the... waiting. I thank you, Navi. All right, cool. I'm going to hop out. Catch you soon. Catch you soon. All right, so we are going to move into the pre-recorded round. The rules of this were very simple. As long as it was horror-related, contestants could write about whatever they so desired, as long as it was dirty and horror. And uh, we have four fantastic contestants, and let me read a little bit about one right now. Jillian Markowitz is a writer and stand-up comedian based out of Philadelphia. Uh, she, after studying at Second City in Chicago, Jillian attended and failed out of clown school in what will forever be her life's greatest metaphor. And you can find Jillian right now on Weirder Stuff on Amazon Prime. You can also follow her on Instagram at quarantine ween costumes please tease in the chat for Jillian Markowitz well I suppose it all started when my sweetheart 
insisted we go to Camp Crystal Lake for the summer to earn some dough. It's not the original Camp Crystal Lake, of course, more of a, a renovated tourist attraction for spooky bitches like me. I was gonna marry Marty, you know? We've been steady for four years. Counselors come to the camp a week earlier to do their training. And one night we're all around the campfire and Glenda is wearing only a bathing suit and she keeps eyeing Marty's junk. I hated her, but I never wanted what happened. Anyway, we're around the fire and Glenda tells us the story of Jason. One day years ago, two counselors snuck off in one of the canoes. It was exactly 69 days after Friday the 13th. And the counselors were 69ing in the canoe, but because they were 69ing, they didn't see that the little boy Jason, who was at camp early because his psycho bitch mother worked there, had fallen in the lake while trying to watch them 69. He was a pervert. He gasped his last breath just as the counselors came at the same dang time. They've been reading one of those Taoist sex guides or something. Anyway, legend has it, every 69 days after Friday the 13th, Jason comes out of the water wearing a ski mask so he doesn't get cum on his face and kills anyone who's 69s. So I better watch out y'all, right Marty? <laughs> that night in our bunk, Marty asked if he could make it with Glenda since she'd been eyeing him up. I said, Marty, we're saving ourselves for marriage, for each other, for Jesus. And he looked at me so sweetly with those big brown eyes and he said, Babe, I need to get my rocks off somehow. So I offered to masturbate him and he said, sure. So I pulled down his jean shorts, but I was surprised because I had never seen a hard cock before and it was all purple and gross and I accidentally screamed like, ew, it's purple and gross. And Marty got so upset that he stormed out of the cabin. God, why did I scream? God, if I only hadn't screamed, God, I'm sorry, Marty. It's just that it, it was scary and it was all coming at me like a gross purple below average sized worm monster and I was so scared. <laughs> Sorry, Marty. And so I ran after him, but by the time I got there, he was already in Glenda's cabin. And so I watched them through the window. All right, honey, we have to make sure your girlfriend doesn't come in. So I think we should 69 so I can watch the front door and you can watch the back door. <laughs> By the way, you can do more than watch the back door if you want to. <laughs> oh, Glenda, you're bad. She pulled his worm monster and I don't know what came over me, 
but I jumped through the plate glass window and I just started punching her pussy again and again and Marty tried to pull me off of her so I headbutted him over and over and over and I grabbed a knife and I stabbed them both and I saw a large man in his ski mask standing in the corner I've been watching the whole time It's okay, Jason, I said. Don't be afraid. He walked over. And we 69'd each other until sunrise. T's in the chat for Jillian Markowitz. Oh my goodness. I was not prepared. Whew. Uh, fun fact, Jillian started the curse in that when I tried to test her video, I had to download an extra codex that cost me 99 cents. But you know what? Worth it. <laughs> Absolutely worth it. Whew. Jillian Markowitz, everybody. You're a nice contestant. <clears throat> uh, loves to explore the what-if of alternate universes in fandom world. Most of the time, it's spooky what-ifs. Please, give it up for Aiden Pedlity. Please, go, go. Another wave of the undead plague. Old hat to him. The last incident had a body count of over 72,000. Depressing as it was, he was growing used to mass losses, shooting his friend, the President of the goddamn United States, left him pretty jaded. He had spent the next consecutive few days running off of that spite instead of sleep. He had returned home, covered in dust and dirt, dried sweat and dried blood, reeking of jet fuel and smoke. The lover he returned home to had done their best to comfort the tension from his muscles and lull the decency back into his thoughts. For the most part, it worked. And after the fallout, life returned to a semblance of normalcy. Normal save for the night terrors, the flashbacks, the very nightmares that jerked them both awake, with Leon hearing Phantom banging at the door decaying hands pressing to the windows, and his bedmate, with their hands on his face, soft words somehow drowning out the banging, until it stopped. Save for that, everything was relatively normal again. Normalcy flew the goddamn coop yet again, and that gnawing sense of cynicism returned with a vengeance. Once again, the police force had been grossly outnumbered and overpowered, Stateside military put up a good fight, but also succumbed to the flood, the National Guard following closely after. What little remained of either population had grown wise and disappeared from the streets. Let the BSAA branch take the glory road this time. While he was not an officer of the BSAA, Agent Kennedy was more than skilled enough to take the risks that most would and could not. Again, 
He was jaded from constant battle and losses. He could keep a cool head, knew where to shoot, waste far fewer bullets, no sense in getting worked up and gambling with more than he could afford. While he was not an officer in the BSAA ranks, he remained in the States, mostly by choice, making every bullet count. At the moment, making every bullet count manifested in stationing at an open window, scope to an eye and stock to the shoulder, hand-cranking back the bolt with a satisfyingly heavy ka-chunk. You slug-loaded. Close one eye. Take aim. Hold your breath. Squeeze. A walker dropped, head disappearing in a haze of blood, brain fragments, bone shrapnel, dead as dead. Its body joined the others, felled by the singular man defending his apartment building with his favorite rifle. Kachunk. He took aim again, following the jerking movements of a walker with a damaged leg. He was just about to squeeze the trigger again, when a hand on his hip gave him pause. He released his breath in a sigh, turning his head to eye the offender. Bright silvery hair, ice blue eyes, red leather jacket, shit-eating grin. His common-law spouse, the Devil Hunter, up to no good. Can I help you? he asked, in an exaggerated annoyance. Dante only smiled wider, drawing closer. Kennedy knew he had something up his sleeve. He always had something concocted to add some spice to any situation. And it usually resulted in the both of them painted in the blood and entrails of their prey. Being six stories up and well out of the splash zone, the words of his long-dead great-grandmother came to mind. Lord knows what that boy's up to. Dante's lips brushed against the shell of his ear, and he suppressed a shiver. You ever miss a shot? Them's fighting words, and the following no came out with a little more edge than he wanted. Dante smiled. Betcha I can change that. Whoop, there it is. Only someone with true nerves of steel can make zombie shooting into a competition. There were two in the same room. It could only end one way. Leon turned back to the street view, rifle raised once again, opting not to answer to that challenge with words, but with confidence straightening his spine. Dante thought he could make Agent Kennedy miss a shot. <laughs> he was more than welcome to try. Kennedy had impressed at the Academy, continued to impress beyond. There wasn't a firearm in circulation that he had not mastered. Unspoken rules? No jostling. That's the cheater's way, and neither of them liked being called a cheater. Close as they were in their relationship, there was no hiding their competitive nature. <laughs> Hell, it was that same competitive streak that led them to one another in the first place. Being hired by the same client for the same job certainly hadn't helped either. Thanks, former President Graham. Dante pressed a kiss just behind Leon's ear, and the hand at his hip slid slowly down the side of his thigh. Challenge accepted. Balls in his court now. Leon's upper body jerked back a touch with the next shot. He'd made his mark with ease. Reload. Take aim. Take a breath. Dante slid his fingers beneath the waistband of Leon's pants. Leon's body froze and his breath caught for a beat. But he did not react further. 
Always the more level-headed of the pair, he only needed a second to collect himself and resume business. Finger on the trigger. Targeting the crosshair. Oh, sweet baby Jesus. Dante had his hand down the front of his pants, and the other one tracing a finger along his hip. Take all the time you need, the slayer purred. He was so warm. All of him. Chest pressed to Leon's back, breath against his ear. Leon found himself starting to lean against him, the barrel of his rifle drooping. No! Come on! Snap out of it, he told himself. He cleared his throat and raised the rifle again, focused. He squeezed the trigger and his shot glanced off the pavement to the left of his target, and his breathing hitched again. The warm, warm palm against his more sensitive skin, the gentle curl of fingers around him, all proved a decent distraction, and he lost the challenge. Fuck. In a rare burst of frustration, he racked the bolt back and took the shot. The bullet hit its mark, and the rifle hit the floor, Leon's hands flying to Dante's wrists. A soft chuckle met his ear, and he let out the breath he didn't know he was holding. Warm fingers pressed against his hip bone, and his back arched obediently. Under any normal circumstances, he'd have been embarrassed at the strained moan he uttered, standing at an open window. But the only beings on the street below were the mindless walking dead, instead of his neighbors. Looks like I'm one, Dante drawled, and Leon could picture that goddamn smug smirk against his neck. There's a consolation prize if you want it. Oh, he wanted it. By God, he wanted it. That could very well be his last zombie apocalypse. The world could actually end the next goddamn day. Damn straight, he wanted it. He pressed his backside to Dante's pelvis, his silent plea. Dante's response had him pressed against the wall, hands planted firmly against the sun-bleached paint. The hunter thumbed open the snap of Kennedy's pants, one-handed. Pressing another soft kiss to the side of his neck, just under his jawline. Outside, the walking dead shrieked, echoing through the streets, telling of another wave on its way. Your turn's next. I hope you know how to use a scope. <laughs> Don't kill the mood, Kennedy. Yes! Give it up for Aiden. Tease in the chat for Aiden. And also uh, give it up for Andrew, who did the reading there. We had a, a bit of a camera-shy author. So a team effort here for Resident Evil featuring Devil May Cry. We got two more for you, so stay with us. Your next contestant is an actor and dancer in the D.C. area. He is in love with both horror and smut which is a perfect for this very competition. You can follow him right now on how, at HowdyBookaroo on Instagram. Please tease in the chat for Aaron Spinelli. Rodan crunched through the forest, his path lit by the full moon. Not that he needed it, of course. He knew the path to Hata's house like the hallways of his own home. He knew which routes to step over, had cut low-hanging tree limbs and avoided thorns, his path illuminated by his heart as much as by the moon. Hata was not just a powerful waterbender, but also an adept healer. He and Rodan had met when the latter had broken his arm falling from a tree. 
They hit it off immediately, and Rodan began to find excuses to stop by the small hut on the edge of town. He would help in the garden, or run errands, or just sit and talk for hours at a time. Usually, the midnight treks were in the opposite direction, Rodan heading from Hata's to his own home, since they weren't quite at the stage of the relationship where he could sleep over. But tonight was special. Rodan had been counting the days until this full moon, this special night where the waterbender's power would be at its zenith. As he hopped the low fence into the garden, he had to adjust himself, the anticipation getting to him. The door was flung open, and Hata ran to his arms to kiss him, an unusual greeting for the reserved older man. Rodan embraced him gratefully and stroked his hair. Hi there, he said breathlessly when the kiss was over. Hello. Are you excited? In response, Rodan guided Hata's hand down to his crotch, his bulge already tenting the loose trousers he wore. Hata bit his lip and looked back up at his lover. Come on in, then. I'm ready. Rodan eagerly followed, reaching down to squeeze Hata's ass, making him jump and giggle a little. They passed through the front room where the healer received his patients, to the back part of the house where the living quarters were. It was a simple space, but cozy, and the little fire was busily boiling hot water. Disrobe and make yourself comfortable. I'll pour us some tea. Rodan did as he was instructed, forcing himself to relax. He knew the calmer he was, the easier this would be. Hata stripped down to his waist and poured them each delicate jasmine tea. He sat next to Rodin, his head on his shoulder, cradling the little cup in both hands. It will probably hurt some, you know. Sweetness, I know. We talked about this before. I know to tell you to stop if it stops feeling good. I was prepared. He felt Hata's face settle into a smile. All right, I'm ready. Take a few deep breaths and relax. Rodan put his cup down and did as he was told, closing his eyes and counting his breaths. He could feel his heartbeat begin to slow. Suddenly there was a sensation of tightening around his wrist. Seemingly of its own volition, it moved behind his back and pinned itself, making him wince. He opened his eyes to watch Hata concentrate on the action, his hand outstretched, taut, quivering with energy and anticipation. Despite the pain, Rodan's heart swelled with love for him. Good so far. Hata's voice was husky, soothing, but also filled with lust. Even in the moonlight, Rodan could see his pupils dilate a little and the smile that curled his lips. He nodded enthusiastically and grinned in response. Hata's hands moved again, and Rodan was yanked to his feet, spun around, and pressed against the wall, his hands coming over his head. Despite himself, he wriggled a little. In response, he felt as if beetles were crawling under his skin down his back. It was unpleasant, but the intimacy, the feeling of being controlled, that was erotic. He felt his cock twitch again. Come on now, you wanted this, no? Hata's voice was now next to Rodan's ear. He shivered with pleasure. Yes. Yes, please. Hata chuckled and Rodan spun around again, watching the waterbender move his hands with grace and precision and feeling his body respond by rushing blood to his cock. He moaned a little and Hata smiled, then released him, 
falling to his knees in front of his lover. He stroked the cock in front of his face with wonder and a little pride, then opened his mouth and wrapped his lips around, sliding down, taking more and more of Rodan until the man could feel the folds of Hata's throat around, slide around to accommodate the head of his cock. He groaned again, his hand falling to the back of his lover's head, applying slight pressure as Hata began to bob and suck, manipulating his tongue around Rodan's girth while tightening his lips. His hands began to move again, and Rodan felt the as the blood rushed to his feet, then his head, leaving him a little dizzy and a little stunned, the sensation of being sucked off, warring with the disorienting feeling of having your inside shuffle around in an unexpected way. He surrendered to the plethora of tingling, his mind subsiding and quieting, and just passively absorbing the sensory input. He felt himself begin to slick with pre, and he tapped Hata's head. Please, I want... I want to be inside of you. Hata smiled and released his hold on his lover, gently guiding him down to the bedding. He placed some pillows around the two of them, making them comfortable, then straddled Rodan and exhaled as he slid his ass down on his cock. He gave a little cry as Rodan's hips made connection with his ass, then his hands came to rest on his chest. There was a little pause as he got accustomed to the feeling of Rodan, but then he opened his eyes and began to rock his hips. He was slow and deliberate, breathing in short little gasps, eyes beginning to unfocus with desire. Rodan's hands came to Hata's hips, with, and with the strength of his abs and back, he began to rock him, pushing a little deeper. The two moaned and whimpered, Hata slick with arousal, trembling as an orgasm rocked him. Rodan was also sweating now. Can you... I don't... Want to come just yet? Hata nodded and lifted his hand, and Rodan felt a tightening around his cock and grinned. Now he could go for longer. This renewed confidence caused him to buck his hips higher, faster. Hata moaned again, concentration and bliss creasing his brow but forming his lips into an O. His eyes were closed, and his body felt was like jelly as he rode his lover, sighing and gasping. His other hand came up now, and Rodan felt his chin lift, the blood vessels in his neck constricting as well, choking him slightly, carefully. Another orgasm rocked Hata's body. Rodan, oh, you, you're wonderful. Oh. Again, Rodan felt himself surrendering to Pliss, to the animal of the body, thrusting hard into Hata, eyes fluttering, his breath coming in short gasps now. Just as he couldn't stand it anymore, he tapped Hata twice on the thigh, as they had agreed. Everything released, and he felt blood rush back into him as he gave one, two, three mighty thrusts, releasing his cum into Hata's ass. At the same time, he felt his lover throw his head back and cry out with ecstasy as he came again. Rodan feeling his inner walls trembling as his hips jerked again and again with the pleasured release. After a long moment... Hata collapsed onto Rodan's chest, panting heavily. The cock slipped from his ass, and he caught his breath, the occasional tremor as the aftershock of his orgasms rolled through him. Rodan wrapped his arms around his lover and sighed. You. You're amazing. Hata chuckled. So are you. He stirred and moved off of Rodan, his healer's hands sliding over his body. Anything hurt? How are you feeling? 
he offered his lover a nearby cup of fresh water, which was accepted gratefully. I'm fine. A little tingling, but nothing hurts. Pins and needles in my feet a little. Hata nodded and moved his hands down, massaging Rodin's feet, feeling the blood flow back into them. This time he didn't bend the blood, just let time, gravity, and the incredible circulatory system do the trick. Rodin's breathing steadied and his eyes drifted closed as he relaxed. When Hata was satisfied that his partner was feeling better, he laid out next to him. Thank you. Rodin's voice was barely a whisper. Clearly sleep was taking hold. For what? Thank you for loving me. For taking care of me. For... He gestured vaguely. All this? I'm glad you like the blood play. It's... Well, it's exhilarating for me. Rodin chuckled. For me, too. He lapsed into silence. Hata stayed awake a little longer, gazing at the moon, then fell asleep in Rodan's arms, smiling against his chest. Tease in the chat for Aaron, who recorded that where every school picture is taken. Tease in the chat for Aaron, talking about the last airbender. We have one more for you here in the pre-written round. So stay with us, and then we will crown the Blood and Butts pre-round, or pre-written rounds, champion, world champion. Uh, your final contestant of the pre-written round is a writer, producer, performer, and educator, examining the spaces where power and oppression overlap through humor, history, and pop culture. Their works include Tiger Beat, Harper's Ferry 2019, and The Well-Tempered Claver, and their plays have been developed and produced at the Alliance Theater. Please tease in the chat in the chat for Kayla, Mingxi, Gavin. So we're stopping in Waco before going to Pelican? What's that building over there? It's uh, like a sacred temple, but no one's allowed in there. This is us, in the beginning. Two Brits who want an adventure, navigating the wilds of Scandinavia. I've never come this far north. Simon and I met Ingmar at school, and we just loved his love for his culture. We just loved how he talked about his home. So we pick up and come here. Simon says he's interested in the long summer days, the solstice, the braids of flaxen hair, the bleach white stones. Simon says he never wants to leave. And wherever Simon goes, I go. I've never felt more free here. I've never felt more uncaged, more on my own, more able to appreciate nature for what she is. Simon and I have never been closer. I don't know what the fuck is wrong with you. No, fucking. 
Connie. Simon is getting a truck with one of them now. Connie. Is everything okay? Yeah, Simon, uh, he told me to tell you that uh, John drove him to the train station and after uh, Simon... Why would he just go without me? He, he wouldn't do that. Um, the truck only had room for two. Simon left without Connie. Jesus, really? Yeah. On the, on the subject of couples, actually. Um... He would never leave without me. He would never leave me behind. The open floor plan, the frank wide wood boards. Everyone can see everything here. The tips of her lips turn ever downward. My heart sinks ever downward. It flashes in front of my eyes. Their sharp descent from the cliffs. The sudden thud. The collective moaning. The raising of the hammer. The dull sock of it connecting the skull. The woman tries to explain it away. That dull, wet sock repeating, 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 repeating. I watch his mouth form the words. It's time to go. It's time to go. His softly waving hair. His firm insistence. He was so soft when he met my mother. Rigid when he met my father. Simon's like that. Oh, my overalls, my overalls. I watch a death in overalls. What if I live? What if I make it through? What if I walk out of here hand in hand with him, with Simon? What if we, in the darkness, in a place where the sun goes down, in private, alone, <laughs> no sets of eyes on us. We leave this sun-bleached country. We return to England where different blonde families track our every move. We spend our days in the sweet wet fog. We spend our mornings lazily exploring each other's bodies, the stench of our unwashed teeth, our only discomfort. We reach for each other, in public, on buses, in between classes. We avoid strangers like Ingmar, keeping instead to ourselves. For us, violence is only something on TV. We will never be split or drowned, cut or dismembered. We will never die but from natural causes. We will never die. I should never have come this far north. Tease in the chat. Lots of amazing production this evening. Not on my end, but on the, the contestants' end for sure. Give it up for Kayla. Lots of tease in the chat. Whoo! So those are our contestants for the pre-written round. We had Jillian with uh I want to say Jason, but that's not what it's called. Friday the 69th. Then we had Aiden doing a Resident Evil. Then we had Aaron doing The Last Airbender. And then finally, Midsommar with Kayla. And now I'm going to invite Navi to come back because we have to crown ourselves a Blood and Butts winner for the pre-written round. How you doing, Navi? I'm back. Hello. Um, <laughs> That was uh, very intense. Like, that was like sitting through a block at a film festival. Yes. I'm not uh, sure if you guys had this feeling. Were you guys expecting a jump scare at some point? I absolutely I was, like, was. I was like, uh, yeah, I'm aroused but worried. Mm. <laughs> um, so we, it's voting time. It is voting time. So All please. right. Hey, I'm dropping a link in the chat. Vote mm -hmm. now. 
Uh, please go vote. We the four prizes for our prizes for whoever wins this round. Yes. Uh, there is fifty dollars and a uh, free gift from Uberlube. Yes, which is one of our sponsors for tonight. Thank you to Uberlube for sponsoring T-Y all this Uber madness. Lube. Yesterday, Uberlube got a big shout out. Oh, yeah. Uberlube got a return on its investment last night, for sure. And so did did Sugar the Shop, our other sponsor. Um, Again, amazing people. They've they've, uh, they've given us a gift certificate for the raffle that we're going to be announcing at the end of the night tonight. Um, They have sponsored this event. Uh, again, in the chat right now, there is a link. Go vote. I'm going. Please we're going to do a couple of. We're going to mention it a couple of times, and then we're going to close the vote. So, is it too late to enter the raffle? Um, I it is. I think it is too late to put anything on the wheel. That's for but sure. But if you would like to enter the raffle, yes, please click on the link that will get dropped in the chat. You're welcome to. The wheel stuff is done, but you still have an iota of a chance. If we don't have your name by the end of the live round, you're not entering the raffle. Yes. So that's just the name of the game. Um, again, go vote. We're going to, this is our last call for voting. Do we want to yes. give it a little bit longer, Noah? Uh, how many votes do we have to, versus number of viewers? Um, I think we are in a decent spot. I'm willing to give it a few more minutes. Last call for votes. If you sure. haven't voted yet, drop in there's the link right there um please i i feel like i would drop it again but i i don't actually think i need to no it looks like it's it's readily it's, available it's hovering the right there on the yes. top so hey be sure right. to join the discord as well oh yeah and join flying v's discord all of our information's on there our social stuff is on there so is plus two comedy yeah um we're gonna be doing this again so mm-hmm. you know please by by following us you can find out when that will be and what what we will do yes and and what will come of it um i'm ready to close it ready to call it all right sure let's call it all right no more entries thank you so much for your votes uh the winner of the smut if day three blood and butts pre-recorded round is jillian markowitz with friday the 69th congratulations jillian Um, Jillian, I will say, I had talked to Jillian, was back and forth on even entering. She was so nervous about this one. And now she won lube. And she won lube. Yeah, T's in the chat. You won lube. You won some money. And, like, honestly, uh, you know, much love. Please show love to all of our folks who entered. Jillian, you made a movie. Yes. What what happened? What happened? The special effect. The blood on the light bulb is an image I will be thinking about often haunting <laughs> and then it kind of like smoked a little bit yeah it was incredible on it like ah, amazing um anyway so yeah congratulations jillian uh flying v we will be in touch with you to to uh get your information and get your prizes and i believe i hand it back over to you now right now yes indeed if you could send nikki my way that'd be great absolutely talk to you soon who so that's gonna do it for our first